Welcome to the Sweet Run Podcast, your source for all things running and travel in super fun destinations around the world. We're your hosts, Gerald Mitchell and Natalie Mitchell. We are excited to welcome Lindsay Hine to the Sweet Run Podcast. If you're in the running space, you definitely know Lindsay. She is the host of her longtime running podcast, I'll Have Another, and has her own podcasting network, Sandy Boy Productions, with a total of five shows under her umbrella. Lindsay is a 16-time marathoner and lives in Indianapolis with her husband, Glenn, and their four boys, ages eight and under. We have a lot of fun chatting with Lindsay about everything from parenting to podcasting and, of course, running. Lindsay then gives us a great overview of Indy, including the best places to run, super fun dining options, her all-time favorite races, and so much more. We know you guys are going to love this conversation. This episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker. Do you guys want to become a faster, better, more efficient runner? Well, of course you do. And that's where Inside Tracker comes in. They have a health and wellness platform, honestly, like no other. I just got my blood results back and it was really eye-opening to see what I needed to work on, what was going well in my body, what's not going so well in my body. I have three biomarkers that are at risk that I need to take care of. And I love knowing that so I can go and take the steps to change that. And that's what Inside Tracker provides. It's a science-backed, concrete, trackable action plan that will help you reach your performance goals. So what are you waiting for? You guys should take advantage of this offer. We've got an awesome code for you, 25% off of anything that they provide when you use the code SWEETRUN. So go do it and find out what's going on inside your body. And now, friends, please enjoy our fun conversation with Lindsay Hine. Lindsay Hine, welcome to the Sweet Run Podcast. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for having me and congratulations on the show. Thank, Thank you. you. We are super stoked to have you. I'm happy that we're able to make this happen. And I have been really excited about our conversation. Yeah, excited to talk all things Lindsay and Indy. Yay, I am too. And it's a beautiful day in Indy today. So, and I'm looking out a window. So that makes me really happy. Yes. Oh, good. Um, okay. First, there's so much I feel like I want to talk to you about. You have done in the last five years, You're you busy. have done so much. You are so busy. And it's it's really cool because I remember when you started, I'll have another. It's five years ago in April. This past April was five years. So congratulations. Thank you so much. And I just remember when you launched the show and I was like, this is so cool. Like, you know, and, and I feel like podcasts, running podcasts were just really starting mm -hmm. to populate the space. And I was excited to listen to it. And, and it's been, it's been an awesome show for five years and, and still going. So you're, you're, you're doing it. I love everything you're doing. Thank you. And thanks for mentioning the five years. You know what? 
it kind of came and went for me. And I was thinking about it as April was coming up. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been five years. And then I thought, should I like post something? Should I do something to celebrate? And honestly, like social media has just felt so self-indulgent lately, like personally that I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to like, let it pass and like, let it happen. So, um, I appreciate you bringing it up and, and making me feel special about that. Cause five years is a big deal. So it feels more special than like three years or four years. Yeah. For whatever reason, those, those five, 10, 15, twenties are, are big markers in our you know culture, just societally or what have you. But I, I know we normally start a little bit different with the running, but I'm very curious to understand what prompted you with not just a husband, not just a runner. You're an awesome runner. You're a wife to a husband who's apparently a very solid, like big time runner and four boys. Why in the world would you start a podcast on top of that? (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. My husband is like super into lifting now. Like he, I'm like, what are you trying to be the next Ryan Hall or what? Uh, (laughs) but no, he, he still runs almost every day, but he is like now taken his love for running and he's lifting and loves that just as much as he ever did running. So that's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I found out I was pregnant with our third when I started the show. So that's also a kind of crazy thing about it. I'm like, when I think back on the last five years and how my show has changed, how I have changed, I'm like, I'm not that I'm a different person, but I'm in a totally different spot than I was five years ago. You know, my, when I started the show, my kids, I had two kids that were three and one, you know, and now we have four kids that are two, four, six, and eight. And just like so much about life has changed. And so, um, it's crazy to look back, but I do remember when I started it and I wanted to start it. Um, I, I didn't know I was pregnant yet. When I found out I was, you know, that first trimester, you're so tired and I think that there are a lot more resources now with podcasting, but when I started five years ago, there weren't as many resources. And plus I was terrible at all the tech stuff. So it was pretty overwhelming for me. I probably should have just hired someone to put it all together for me. (laughs) Um, but you know, like at the beginning, you're like, you don't make any money or anything like that. You're like, this is a passion project and I just want to see if it works. And so it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to try to do this all by myself. And, um, yes. So, and I think it's interesting too. I was just listening to another podcast on this. They were talking about like the business of podcasting and saying how like we had a lot more grace back in the day, like five years ago, because there weren't as many shows. There weren't all these highly produced shows. And now there's so many really great shows that like when you start, your audio has to be awesome. Your interviewing has to be awesome. So I feel like the pressure starting now is much higher than the pressure that was starting then. Cause then it was just like, okay, well let's throw it up there and see how it goes. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. Turn on your cell phone and record yourself Yeah, and just throw it out there. And it was like, Oh, that's so cool. They have a show and they just did it. But now, yeah, you're right. The, the production value like has to be pretty darn high right out of the gate. So, uh, yeah, I always, yeah, I'm always stressing. (laughs) Oh, I know for sure. I know I had like some clicks in a recent episode and I was like, usually I hire someone to take those out, but I was last minute. I was like, you know what? I'm leaving the clicks in and the show's going to go on and it's all going to be fine. (laughs) It's totally going to be fine. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to this um, engineer that has helped us a little bit with some podcast stuff. And he's like, look, Natalie, he's like all the little things that you think are so important. He's like, people that are listening are really not going to notice 
but like you're hyper aware and sensitive about it. And I'm like, oh, I don't like that. And then we just had a major thing happen. And I thought about you because I feel like this, something like this happened to you. So we had this amazing interview. It really was amazing. I I try not to throw that word around, (laughs) even though I say it probably way too often, but it really was an amazing interview. And we were like so excited about it and all these things. We go back to edit it and it is ruined. I do not know what happened to the audio, but it literally like they start talking and then it just goes into this. Yeah. We're like, uh, uh, what happened? And so we're just like frantically trying all these things, sending it out, trying to fix it. It's not fixable. So then you have to ask them to record again. It's the worst thing to ask someone to take another hour of their time. It's like so embarrassing. I've been there and it's not fun. Didn't that happen to you with like a pro runner? Um, yeah, Des Linden. <laughs> oh man! Actually, it was Des Linden and Emily Enfield. I went to record. I went to edit Emily's. I think I was putting hers out first, and I was like, "Why is the entire my entire side of the conversation gone?" And I thought, like, maybe I could like add mine in and try to like, you know, like figure that out. But I was like, that's going to be so unnatural. And Emily, I wasn't as nervous to ask again, but does, it was like the first interview I was able to get from her after she won Boston. So I was like, Oh my gosh. And I have been asking for that interview for so long. So I was like, you know what? I feel like a complete ass right now. I don't want to ask for more time, but I was like, I'm just going to do it. And so I asked her agent, Josh, and she said, sure. So, you know, I mean, I think that people are really, really gracious with their time, especially runners. I found that people are so kind and, um, but yeah, you're just like, and you know, at that point I had been podcasting for like, I don't know, three or four, three, three years at least. So like, I knew what I was doing. Like that shouldn't have been a problem. I didn't have my mic turned on. Oh man. I know. You know, it happens. Yeah. So I feel you though, because you go back to listen and you're like, wait, wait, what, what, what is this? (laughs) I know. And like, we had done all the checks and balances because we've had situations where we didn't have the mic turned on or something, but that was all done and everything. I don't know what happened anyway. I felt, I thought you would feel my pain as I feel your pain. Anytime any (laughs) podcaster has like an audio thing or anything, I'm like, I know I've been there. Yeah. (laughs) It's so hard, but Um, okay. I am loving your whole production network. So you have Sandy boy productions. You now have five podcasts in your network. So at what point did you feel like, okay, I want to make this a whole empire. Exactly. (laughs) Empire. Empire. You are a boss, babe. Oh, thanks. Well, you know, when I started Sandy boy, I, well, I kind of thought that was the next, um, the next jump in podcasting for me. I was like, I'm going to keep running my show. I'm really passionate about my show. I'm like, what more can I do? And I, cause I felt like I'll have another at that point was a pretty well oiled machine. I knew, I knew how to do the interviews. I, I could get the guests I wanted to get. Um, but the funny thing is, is I launched it in September of 2019 and then, um, COVID happened, which yeah. is, it's crazy to think, man, 2019, September, 2019. So soon after that. And so I kind of like you guys probably on in certain things in your life with your kids and everything being home. It's like, I kind of just put the brakes on like expanding or doing much with them. Like this is what it is. Um, and so, yeah, I just, and, and also one of the reasons I really started it is because I, I, 
the reason I started I'll have another is because I couldn't find a running podcast that I enjoyed listening to. So I was like, I'm going to fill that need and start it myself. And cause I thought if, if I'm looking for shows, somebody else is too. So then it's kind of like the same thing, like with my parenting podcast, I added to the network. Why is everyone yelling? I couldn't find a parenting podcast that I jived with. So I, I kind of just want to bring on shows into the network that are maybe fitting a need that people are looking for that they can't find. Now there's a podcast for everything. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a matter of finding the right one that fits your taste, you know? Absolutely. Yes. It's, it's a lot of voice and feel. So you and I could talk about the exact same thing and deliver it totally two totally different ways. And one like, we love that guy. We can't stand her. And then another group, we can't stand that guy. Uh-huh. Why is he? Same subject, yeah, you know, for sure. It is about personality. And, but I am loving why is everybody yelling? Um, Thank you. First of all, I love the title. I mean, like, seriously, that is our life. You've like, never said that to your kids, have you? <laughs> Why is everybody all the time? Be quiet. Like, so that's like the perfect title. And then, I mean, yeah, I mean, just like the guests that you've had on and, and the things that you talk about, I relate to as a mom of three kids so much. So thank you for doing, putting that into the space. We need it. Thank you. Yeah. My biggest, my biggest concern, like when I, I knew I wanted to interview people about parenting related stuff, mostly because I had questions and I'm, and I'm like, other people have questions too. Um, I just didn't want it to be more noise. There's just so much noise everywhere all the time. And I'm like, I don't want this to just be like one more thing people feel like they have to listen to. So my hope is that it, it really brings value and it is casual, but like every episode I try to be like, these are some tips. These are some takeaways. Like mm-hmm. this is one thing you can implement. That's really simple. Or maybe one really big thing you can implement in dear parenting. Um, and you know, not every episode will maybe meet the needs of, of different parents, depending on what age their kids are or what things they're going through. You know, like some of these behavioral conversations I have, it's like, well, somebody's kid might not fit those, the mold of like how we're talking about a certain issue, but I do hope for the, the mass majority that it, it's helpful for those who are listening. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I wanted to ask you about, I'll have another really quickly because you've been doing it for five years. You've had so many amazing guests, um, really from all the pro runners that you've interviewed and, t- and chatted with. I mean, there's such great conversations to the everyday runner. What, what, what do you, what do you, as far as like the next step with I'll have another, like, do you have a path for it? Or, I mean, what, what do you, what is your vision? I wish I had an answer. (laughs) Um, I'm kind of just rolling the ball forward right now, you know, like picking guests that I think are interesting and have powerful stories. Um, I have so much fun just asking questions and, and my hope going into every interview is that like, you know, we can cover these topics that are, um, you know, about their running and their careers and things like that. But I always hope, and you guys probably feel this too, when you interview people, like, I just want like other stories to come out in the interview. Yeah. Like if they yeah. take it one direction, I'm like, let's keep going. Let's go. Let's go. And yeah. so I always tell my guests, I say before the interview, I say, you know, if we're talking about something and there's a story that pops in your mind that feels relevant 
just roll with it. Cause at the end of the day, if I need to take it out, I can, but a lot of times like the emotions and things like that come from those stories that weren't pre-created for the interview. You know what I mean? I know. Absolutely. I so totally know what you mean. And I love the idea of just being organic and like, Sometimes like I have an outline of things that I want to talk to someone about, but then I'll be talking and all of a sudden something pops in my mind and I'm like, I'm going with it because that just from the one thing that they said, I want to expand on that even more and hear more from them about it. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like with my show, if people have been listening for a while, they probably know this about me, but like if someone mentions their faith or God or anything like that, or like struggles with addiction, or I don't know anything that's not surface level outside of writing. I'm like, tell me more. I want to know more. <laughs> How did you grow up? How have your beliefs changed? Like I'm so interested in, in that thought process with my guests. So sometimes I feel like it catches guests off guard too. They're like, wait, what, what you want to go there? <laughs> You're like, yeah, let's go there. But as far as like, where are the shows going? Um, I think I just want to continue to bring on fresh new guests as well as guests that have, you know, like runners that have been around for a really long time. There are some names that um, I haven't had on the show that have been retired and things like that. So I want, I like to bring in the new people that people maybe haven't heard of. And it's like, Hey, you should be watching her on the track. Like make sure you're like Sinclair Johnson when she had just joined Bowerman track club, you know? So um, yeah, just a healthy mix of, of new pros, old pros and everyday runners. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. So tell us a little bit about you and yeah. your running journey. And um, I mean, it's, it's neat to see you, you know, lifting and getting strong and working out with your kids. And I love your garage gym that you guys have built. And thank you. But yeah, tell us a little bit about kind of how you got into running and, and your whole story. Not the whole story, but you know, <laughs> you don't want everything to <laughs> Well, my first cross country meet. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, I start, I joined cross country when I was 15, um, my sophomore year of high school and loved, loved running, hated, hated racing though. Cause I got so nervous and, um, I was, I was decent kid on the team. You know, I was usually like anywhere from number three to number six on the team, something like that. Um, we weren't a super competitive team though. Um, so I had like a little bit of a natural ability to run decent. And then I was remember though, in high school, I was so glad on my last, uh, cross country meet to, I was like, I never want to have to race again because of all that anxiety I would get from races. Uh, so I just ran for fun, you know, in college to stay in shape and everything. And then, uh, right before my husband and I got married in 2008, uh, we ran our first marathon together. And I smoked him like hard. Nice. <laughs> we did find out later he had a little bit of an iron deficiency, but <laughs> still one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, since then I ran, I think 16 marathons and we, it's just like a way of life for us at this point. You know, I mean, I probably run five days a week, give or take, depending on what's going on in my life. And, um, we just, we love incorporating our kids into our running and it's just a part of our life. Now, I mean, it's crazy because what is it? 2021, how, you know, when we ran that first marathon, I never would have guessed how like ingrained into like the culture of our family running would be, but it, it is a way of life. I think all of our neighbors and people that, that know us just know, Oh, those are the Heinz. They run all the time, you know, <laughs> that sounds like 
our neighborhood. <laughs> I'm at the grocery <laughs> store. I'm at the gas station. Hey, this is your wife that I saw running down the road. Like, and it's like five miles away from where two weeks earlier. And I'm like, yeah, that was her. I was like, like does your wife? I'm like, yeah, that, that was her. That's who you saw. So I totally get it. And I appreciate mm-hmm. you, you know, expressing the level of anxiety as a high school runner. Yeah. I no nobody's talked about that yet. Yeah. And I completely remember it felt like on the track team, like. I'll just say it, every bodily function was urgently <laughs> yeah. needed to be tended to right before I get all day uh-huh. practice, no problem. But like two minutes before that gun was going to go off and you got to get, Oh, so yes, I completely relate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it really like over overruled my thoughts. Like I didn't, it made me really not enjoy it. I mean, everybody enjoys it once they're done though, right? You're all, you're riding high, just like you do with races now. But it, I, yeah, I got a lot of anxiety with, with high school running. And, um, I, I, I mean, I think, I, I think that a lot of people still deal with that, like race anxiety. And that's one thing I love about my podcast is talking to pros who kind of like give you a little bit of an insight of, of how they, they mentally handle that kind of stuff. But, yeah. um, yeah, I just remember finishing that race being like, I never want to do this again. <laughs> yeah. And I was always good once the gun went off. But I yeah. mean, up until the gun went off, I was an absolute mess. Yeah. The gun goes off. I was great. Loved it. And not that I've done a ton, but I've never felt that way doing any other racing, like longer distances or where because there's no pressure for me. You know, yeah, I'm just like, do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm Nat's husband. If I race or run, it's like <laughs> cool. That guy here. Gerald ran too, you know, so it's like no pressure. (laughs) Shouldn't that be something we all should still remember when we get anxious? Like when the gun goes off, you're usually fine. Like you're, you get into your, your rhythm and and it's all good. And you're like, oh, it's not so bad. Why did I, why did I get so stressed out about that? Totally. Now. Okay. So you have these four little boys who are so fun and crazy and rambunctious. And I love like seeing like, oh, you man. Know, there was a story, your Insta story. I think it was yesterday. And one of the boys had written you the mm. mother's the mother's day, you know, mm. filled out the mother's day card, which was so cute. It was like, how old is Lindsay? And he was like eight. Uh-huh. I thought that was so funny. And so your oldest, I think it was Marshall, the oldest, mm-hmm. right? So it's hanging on the refrigerator and he is cracking up. He thinks it's the funniest thing ever. And so I've started laughing because he was so into how funny it was. It was like Um, pure joy out of him too. I was like, I can't believe he thinks this is so funny, but this is the best thing ever that he thinks this is so funny. Yes. They just seem like they're constantly having fun. And I love that you take them on your runs with you sometimes in the stroller and they're on their bikes and running. Do they like it too? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's crazy. Like I was saying at the beginning with how my life has evolved so much over the podcast, because I used to stroller run so much, you know, like my kids one and two, all the stroller running. Once we got to three and definitely four, I don't stroller run as much. A lot of times though, Glenn will push the double and like the big boy, the little boys will be in the double stroller and the big boys will ride their bikes with us, things like that on the weekends. Um, but I, you know, I, I look back so fondly on all those stroller miles. Like I spent so many, we always say we wish we had an odometer for that single Bob stroller because it has to have like 
10,000 miles on it. I don't know. It's I, that might be an underestimate for all I know. I mean, it's got to have so many miles on it. Um, cause you know, then when we had three, we would do, one of us would do the double. One of us would do the single. He would do yeah. the double. I would do the single. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, they're, the boys are really wild and I am constantly trying to, um, come to this like balance of this is their nature. They play rough. They play rowdy, but you know, I grew up in a family of all girls and it just oh might, it, like, it wasn't like that. And I'm not, and then I've never been around families with like all really close in age, young boys. So I'm like, I, I'm learning at, you know, I've learned as we've gone along the way, but it's, it's just rough and rowdy. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a lot of energy and a lot of things getting broken and destroyed all the time. <laughs> but it does, it appears, and I know it's different on Instagram than it is in real life, but For it sure. appears, right? Yes. We you don't totally see that. Know. You don't see Lindsay screaming on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like a controlled chaos though. Yeah. I mean, I, people do message me on Instagram. And they're like, how are you not flipping out right now? Like I would be so angry. And I'm like, that happens too. Don't get me wrong. Like that happens too. But like generally with messes, I don't know when, but at some point I just figured like, this is going to happen and it's probably going to happen fairly often. And if I get so angry and freak out every time, like I'm just going to be miserable. Yeah. You're going to have hair like me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's not fun. No, not for you. Look for hats. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, I try really hard to pick and choose my battles with, with stuff like that. Like, you know, like just yesterday, you know, this lamp just gets like thrown off the buffet table, but it's like nothing. My son wasn't doing anything wrong. He was just being aggressive, opening this drawer and it fell off. And so it's like, uh, I can freak out or I can just be like, it's just a lamp. Let's move on. You know? So Um, but yeah, don't get, don't be fooled everybody. I, I lose my cool. There are moments where I lose my cool. Oh my gosh. I feel you. I mean, I try to be like, okay, it's fine. But like, I feel like for us, like we used to have this really solid bedtime. Our kids would go to bed early. Like everything was really under control. And then when the pandemic happened, we started going to bed a little bit later and now we can't seem to like get back, pull it back uh, in. And I'm like, I can't live like this anymore. Like bedtime's this is so hard. It's so hard. Cause now no one wants down. Everyone's like, well, we're used to kind of staying up a little bit later. So we just want to hang out until the morning. Yeah. And then, the, yeah. What are the, what are your kids ages again? 13, 10. No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. 14. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh 14, my gosh. 10 and eight. And so like at 14, do you all just go to bed before? Cause I feel like I'm not going to be able to stay up as late as my 14 year old. No, he's no, he's totally like knows that he needs to get good sleep for athletics and for academics and all of that. And so we're, we've like got that dialed in, but, um, that's good but it's still like not as early as it used to be. Yeah. You know? And so then it makes me like stay up a little bit later and I'm like, I'm ready to go to bed, you know, the whole thing. So, yeah. I mean, I, I've heard other parents of kids that are a little bit older than mine talk about this, like that phase where like you used to get your kids to bed and then you had like 
two hours to yourself and yes. then your kids start getting older and they go into bed later and then you're going to bed at like the same time and you're like oh where's my alone time i know right. because you're like i have to go to bed but i have all these things that i kind of want to do or prep for the next day okay but anyway i <laughs> i'm just laughing because i was like wait a minute this is now a parenting podcast and I know. it's awesome <laughs> Well, anybody who talks to me, it's like I, I've always got a million kid stuff. A million kids. Yeah, I mean, it's like when you have someone on your show that's like a runner and a mom, you kind of have to, and you're a gonna, podcaster. You're going to go there. You're going to go there. Yes. Okay, Lindsay, I want to ask you as far as like what's going on with your training right now? Okay. And are you thinking about a race or anything that you want to do coming up? Oh, my gosh. I, yeah, I, so here is the training story is like, I feel like the last few years I would always be like, I want to get back in shape before I have another baby. Right. So my marathon PR is actually from between my third and fourth baby. I was one year postpartum. So it's like, um, now that we're done having babies, he's almost three now. And I've just like taken my sweet old time. Cause I'm like, well, I have time now, you know? Um, so, and then obviously with COVID, I kind of all that, I just decided I'm not going to like train for anything. So I'm kind of starting finally to get the itch to train. I just can't decide if I want to commit. Like it's, you know, I stay in good shape. Like I run around five days a week. I lift three days a week, keep a long run base of like 10 ish or so miles. But I'm like, do I want do I want to go there? Because I feel really healthy right now and really strong. I can throw down a couple quick miles. I can also lift heavier than I've ever lifted. Like I know how exhausting marathon training is and I just can't decide if I want to go there. But I do think in the next year, max two years, I will give the marathon a, a good, good go. That's awesome. Now, have you yeah. given any thought to, cause this is actually a, a great running question any thought to how you manage that with the kids? Cause that's always a, a juggling act for us with three. Yeah. You, you know what, to be honest, really honest right now, I am so fortunate. Like I actually feel like I'm the most balanced I have ever been as a parent because mm -hmm. we have childcare for all of our kids right now. Um, you know, at the early years I was home with my kids, you know, I would put the little ones in parents day out a couple days a week, but I never was, I never had full-time care. And so now, you know, my big tour in school all day, my, my third one goes to school until three. And then our youngest is in daycare. We can pick them up. We usually pick them up around five. So I work for myself too. So I have that freedom of like shifting things. And if I want to do a long run on a Monday at nine, after I drop everybody off, I can. So I feel really fortunate that that is the situation. Um, and then, and that being said though, I mean, in the past when I didn't have the childcare, I, I utilized the crap out of YMCA childcare and did tons of stroller runs. So, um, yeah, I feel like if I want to make it happen, there's no problem. I'm not an early morning person though, runner. So I really struggle with getting up at five to run. And I know shout out to everybody who does it. Cause I know a lot of you, that's your only option. So go you. I hear you. I always say that to you, Lindsay. <laughs> I am not, I'm always like, I'm not like a four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning runner. I, 
I really, and for everybody listening, and I know there's so many people that do, and you guys are awesome. And I wish that I could, to, could do that, but I feel like even if I made myself do it, I feel like it wouldn't be a very productive run. I don't know. I get obsessed with sleep a little bit too much. And a lot of times if my kids have me up or I have insomnia, my best sleep hours end up being from like four to six 30. So I'm like, I just, you know, and I, I recently started using that whoop watch. And so I'm like, I, I don't know if it's a good thing for me or not though, because I've been analyzing this data and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need to get my seven or eight hours. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think if I did that, I would be horrified. Yeah. I feel like I need more sleep and it would, it would literally be this black and white, um, yep. picture of, of me just not. not getting enough sleep. And it would be like, what are you doing? I need yeah. more sleep. I'm going to have to see how, how it how my mental health handles it. The the first two nights though, I had eight hours. And so I was like, I love this watch. This is awesome. But I didn't get out of bed till 7am. So um, I had also just got my um, vaccine. So it was like two days before. So I was like totally wiped and exhausted. So I'm pretty sure that's why um, I got those eight hours. Yeah. No, I think it's so good if that you have the flexibility and the you know, people helping you. I think we, it takes a village to raise kids and actually be sane somewhat. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I have said this before on my, on why is everyone yelling, but I think I, and this is totally me just like, I am almost embarrassed to say, but this is how I felt. I felt like in my head, I had this pride that I wore this badge of honor that like, I can work, I can work part-time and be home with my kids and do this and do that. And it's like, you don't have to do all those things. And like, you actually do work like probably, I don't know. I probably work 30 to 40 hours a week, depending on the week. I don't overwork and I purposely don't do that. I don't choose to take on more because I want balance. Um, but I was like, you can get childcare. Like you work enough, Lindsay, that like you can get childcare and that doesn't make you less of a mom. That doesn't make, that doesn't make anything worse. Just do it. And now that I finally bit the bullet last August, because I was like, I can't do virtual school with the little guys home anymore. I cannot do that. Um, I'm, I have the most balance I've ever had. Is it expensive? Heck yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. But like, it, it, it's worth it. And I'm actually so much more happy when I'm with my kids and I have so much more energy for them when I'm with them. Although sometimes I will say they come home at five or the littlest one and Russell's been home since three. And we're like, how are they driving us crazy already? They've literally been gone all day. Why does it feel like they've been in the kitchen all day long? They have not. So um, I'm so glad you yes. said that because, you know, we had our kids home during the pandemic with online school and it was like kind of crazy. Production. It was a production, right? And then fast forward, they all are back in school now. And so they're gone all day. And so when they come home, I feel like I should be like, oh, they're, they've been gone all day. I've been able to get all this stuff done. It's totally fine. But I'm like, ah, oh, everybody's home. And I feel like I still didn't have enough time, right? Yeah. And why is there, everybody's asking me for things. Stop asking me for snacks. Um, but I think the point of the story is, is that like, it's hard no matter what. And like, you know what I mean? Like no matter what your situation is, things become hard for different reasons. And, um, so yeah, but go childcare. I'm so, I'm so thankful for it. Go childcare. So what were you going to say? 
I was going to ask her, I wanted to say something real quick before we, I know we have to talk about Indy. We are going to talk about Indy, but I wanted to say Glenn is a super fast runner. He's mm. 249. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you're ready to start getting back into doing a marathon, like you said, for real, like, a you know, really like getting a PR and all of that, you've got a built in rabbit. I really, right? yeah, I really do. He ran my marathon PR with me. Um, he, well, it's funny though. He's kind of bulking up a little bit and it's, <laughs> it's so hilarious. Cause he's always been pretty, ever since we started running, he's been pretty thin. Um, I think for sure, if I'm like, Hey, I want you to like do some training runs with me, he'll get fit enough to be able to, I mean, he could definitely like take me down right now for sure. Cause we did last spring, we did those rambling runner races in, um, he, you know, he did his half marathon and I think like 123 or something like that. And his 5k was maybe like 18 something. So, or maybe even 17 something. I don't know. He's, wow. he's fast enough though. Naturally. It's like those years of, of built tr- up training. Like he can just, his body can kind of remember those paces and, and handle them. So I think, you know, as long as I, I don't try to run a 249, he'll be able to, I would love to break three hours. I, I think I'd probably train for like a three Oh five or something like that. But, um, yeah, I think he, he'd be able to, and he works from home now too. So I'd be like, can you do my speed work with me on Wednesday? You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. We are pivoting. We're going to talk about Indy. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool city. I, I want to know. I know. I, and I mean this Lindsay, like I mean, Indy is always like, I know Indy, I'm from Ohio, you know that, but it honestly hasn't illuminated itself until you've been talking about it all these years, because you have such a love for your city. Anybody from Indy listening, you guys should know. I mean, you really do love your city. I think that you should be on somehow their tourism board or like (laughs) something because- Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, you do them proud. Like with all (laughs) the events that you've done over the years and talking about it. So I'm super excited to dive into this. I love Indy. I think it's like, I, I think everybody maybe says this, but it's like a small, big city. It's, you know, you know- you know, people, you, you know, people that are around and then you don't get, I feel like you don't really get lost here. So, um, it feels really small, even though it is a major city. Yeah. yeah. So where are you going to send us on our run when we come to visit? I know. Well, people ask all the time. So we run on the Monon a lot, which is like the main trail. It goes from downtown all the way, way North of, of Carmel. So, um, I don't know how far you can run on it, but if you start downtown on like 10th street, you can, I think you can do at least 30 miles going North. Now, some really nerdy indie person is going to give me an exact mileage here, but, um, and you, oh, you know, there's always people out on it. If you, if you want to be, you know, with people, it's like a, a rail trail kind of, so you can also run on the side of it though. Sometimes I run on the gravel part so that just, I'm being nicer to my body. Um, I actually just rode my boys down to soccer practice or not soccer practice their game this morning, um, on the Monon. And I, I pulled the trailer on the bike. So, um, depending on where you're staying, I would say definitely hit the Monon. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, and that seems like, I feel like I've seen all your pictures and different things. It looks like a beautiful place to run. Yeah. Depending on where you are on the trail. I mean, where we ran this morning, there's like some like abandoned buildings and stuff like that, like going from our house to downtown, but like 
different parts of the Monon are super beautiful. And I just love, I also love how it's evolved. I mean, the city has changed so much since we moved here. And, you know, it used to be when you go south towards downtown, you wouldn't see very many people on the Monon. And now like this morning, it was so crowded, not like overly crowded, but you're saying hi to people. And that's the other thing about Indy. Midwest guys, everybody is friendly. Like everybody's saying hi to everybody. And so, yeah, that's one thing that I love about Indianapolis. You're right. I mean, I, I feel like the Midwest has its own special charm. People are going to speak to you. They're going to want to have a conversation with you. They're just kind people. I was just talking to Lauren Flores about that on Patreon, because I was like, don't you want to like always be on, on your neighbor's porch and like always talking to, to the neighbors. And she's like, we don't really talk to our neighbors very much. And then we kind of got into this conversation about, um, how it might be like a geographical thing, like, you know, how, how close you are with your neighbors and, and things like that. And I feel like here, at least in my neighborhood in Indy, it's very community focused and everybody kind of knows each other. That's cool. I love that. Yeah. I love that so many places are holding on to that because I feel like I had that growing up in, in Berkeley, California, which is next to San Francisco. But over time, I feel like it's in places and you hear people like that in big cities talk about it. But over time, it seems like it's going away in certain ways. You have to cr- craft it more as opposed to just walk out the door and talk to your neighbor, you know, and I yeah. love places that you can sit on the porch and hey, neighbor. And how's it going and all that good stuff. That's that's so valuable, I think. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah, we sit on our back porch a lot because in the afternoon, the sun comes comes right in, in your eyes, you know, but I'm like, I get out there and I'm just like, hey, how's it going? Because I get, I, I don't know if you guys know anything about the Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram seven and I just want to say hi to everybody and talk to everybody. Um, so being in a neighborhood where I feel like I can do that, I feel like I can like get my fix of like socializing just from saying hi to neighbors walking by. That is like so important for my mental health. My husband is the exact opposite. He could be fine anywhere, but like I need, I need my socialization fix. Yes. Why haven't we done the Enneagram yet? We need to do that. I've I've heard you talk about it. You're probably a seven Nat. I don't know. I think maybe because I love talking to people. Give me people all the time. Let's chat. Let's talk. Let's drink. Let's dance. Let's run. Let's whatever. So, yeah, you're probably I want to know officially (laughs) what I am. You guys should take it and then interview a runner in whatever city you, you know, you want to do and like have it be like, is there an Enneagram expert runner that you could interview to talk about it, to like dive into like what you found out about yourself? That would be fun. That would be fun. I like that. I'm putting that in the back pocket. So Cause I, it's I'm, interesting to know what your spouse is too. Right. Right. I know. I mean, I don't know. Like I'm you pretty, are social. Yeah. I'm, 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 I want to talk to people at the party yeah. or you could both at the grocery store. And- but then you're also could be very not introverted, but like you can totally go into your space and not say anything. And I'm like, I want to talk. What about this? So I don't know. We'll see. Okay. I want to ask you about, the, I, we talked about the Monon, but is there anywhere else like a trail or anything you would tell us to run? Yeah. So Fort Ben and Eagle Creek are two really beautiful parks that have really pretty trails. I do not get on them as much as I would like just out of pure convenience and time. 
You know, it's like, you just want to go out your door and go for a run, which is why I run in our neighborhood and go over to the Monon a lot. Cause we just live like, a about a mile from the Monon. Uh, I'm pointing back. Like people can see <laughs> that <are back> there. <laughs> pointing, um, but yeah, Eagle Creek and Fort Bend are for sure two really great trail areas that people should check out if they come one's on the West side and one's on the, the East side. Okay. Yes. So now we're hungry. Where are we going to eat, Lindsay? Give us the goods. So I put a tweet out about this too, because I was like, I want to, I want to get some thoughts from my Indianapolis Twitter crowd. So are we going to brunch? Are we going to lunch? Are we going to casual dinner, fancy dinner? Because I, I have ideas for all of them. <laughs> any, give any and all, because we're going to eat all we day want long. Them all. I'm just excited about it. Okay, so for brunch, Milk Tooth is a really well-known brunch restaurant downtown, and it's fairly new, but it's been covered in some really big articles and magazines around the around the country. So, Milk Tooth is one, and Cafe Patachow is one that everybody will tell you to go to, and then um, Garden Table. So those are my three brunch suggestions. Okay. Sounds good. When Glenn and I have a babysitter, the two places we usually go are livery, which it's a Spanish restaurant and then downtown and then, and they have really good margaritas, which is important. Yes. (laughs) And then Napoli's, which is like a pizza place. It's like wood fire pizza and, but it's like a fancy pizza and they have really good salads and, Mm -hmm. um, that woman who owns that restaurant also owns Cafe Patachow, which is on the brunch list. Okay. Sounds good. And so if we're going to go fancy, you got to go to Oakley's Bistro. Okay. And then this is an answer that anybody who knows Indy will say, but I feel like I have to say it. And that's St. Elmo's because it's just a really famous steakhouse that when you come to Indy, if you're into that kind of thing, we don't eat meat, but like it's a famous restaurant that is okay. local you got to go to St. Elmo. So those are my restaurants. I love it. And I love the fact that you guys take time to really are good about your date nights. Oh, I, yeah, I, there's no babysitter budget. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a mental health budget. There you go. Yeah. That's part of the mental health budget. (laughs) We we're really lucky because Glenn's dad lives two hours away which is not super close, but whenever he does come into town, which is usually, he usually comes to see us once every like eight weeks, he will push us out the door and like we go to dinner. So that's super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Now, speaking of going out and being social, because we're getting back to that. I know it's yeah. not been that way for a long time. Yeah. Where are we going to maybe have a, a fun drink, wine, micro brew? I, I don't know, to be people watch social and have, have a drink. Yeah. So, well, Mass Ave is, is a strip downtown that you, if you're going to be social, you want to like, if you want to like people watch, you want to go down to Mass Ave. Um, we love 20 tap. It's um, for like casual eating and beers. And that's in Broderpool, which is a little bit north of downtown. We live in between downtown and Broderpool. So those are the, we go downtown or Broderpool when, when the Heinz go out. Um, But yeah, I love 20 tap. And then, yeah, I would go down to Mass Ave. Everybody's telling me I need to try the Eagle and I haven't tried that, but I heard it's really good. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. What about um, dessert? 
to satisfy our sweet tooth. Oh, I actually forgot half liter though. That is a really good restaurant off of the moan on. So you could like run or ride your bikes there. We actually, we, this was pre COVID. We haven't done it since, but I think we, we will soon. Um, we used to ride our bikes up there. So we would pull the little boys in the trailer and the big boys would ride their bikes. And we just, it's about three miles from our house, which I tell the story and I look, think back to the first time we did this. Our second was four years old, riding a bike with no training wheels, six miles. And I'm like, what was happening? Cause my four-year-old now would never, my number three guy, he would never do that. Yeah. I love it. I just see, wait, I'm like, I totally can't not, there's a, there's a kid, there's a boy there. <laughs> Hi, which one was that Lindsay? That was Marshall. I don't even know what he asked me. Hi Marshall. Oh, well. Is he your eight-year-old? Yeah. Okay. So he and L, our eight-year-old could hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Which just happened. And I was like, but I tried not to <laughs> whiplash my neck and I was like, no, no. When I know we're always in. like, we're going in, we're, we're doing a, a, an interview. So we'll be out in a, in a little bit. Oh, she just came in Yeah, uh, uh, earlier, but I, I kept it. I was keeping it right here. Cause I was like, don't. And I was like waving her. Off. I was doing that too. I was like, go, go, go. And it's like, this is like, he knows, he I knows know. what I do. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. No, they can't help it. I love he it. He just asked me for something and I just, I don't know what I, what he asked me for, but he's going to go do whatever it is. Yeah, you're like, sure. yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So wait, what were we talking about? Sweet, the sweet restaurants. Tooth. Sweet oh, tooth. yes. Oh, sweet tooth. Desserts. Okay. Dessert. Oh, there's a really cute ice cream store in Broad Ripple called Bricks. And so that's also in this little area where it's off, right off the Monon as well. So you can like ride your bikes up there or walk or run or whatever and sit on the Monon and people watch. That's a good people watch yeah. spot. And right next to it is actually another one. Martha Hoover is the woman who owns Napoli's and Cafe Patachow. She also owns a restaurant called Public Greens and that's right next to Bricks. And that's, it's like a really healthy um, kind of like farm to table-ish restaurant. And that's right on the Monon as well. So you could go to public greens, people watch there and then go people watch at bricks. <laughs> I love it. Wait. So I think that's so cool that, you know, who owns these restaurants. That yeah. So she, she's kind of like, she's a very well-known like businesswoman restaurant owner in the city because her restaurants are so good and they are so successful. Uh, but that's just kind of how indie is too. Like you just, it's a smaller community. Like you get to know the people who are doing really cool things in the community. So, um, yeah. And, and her re Napoli's restaurant is just a mile and a half up the street from our house. So like we, Glenn and I took the bird scooters up to the restaurant last weekend when his dad was here and, and ate, which was really fun and also terrifying. I always feel like I'm going to die when I'm on one of those. Oh my gosh. I have not tried one of those. They're everywhere. I mean, you should definitely wear a helmet, but we don't. Um, I'm kind <laughs> of like, I texted his sister when we were headed out. I was like, don't you wish you were here risking your life with us on these bird scooters? Cause last time his sister was in town we did the bird scooters yeah i mean they go pretty pretty darn fast yeah yeah i don't feel safe Ugh. but i just like trying to trying to live on the edge natalie yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it's fun though i think you have to do it like it's so accessible for us they're everywhere yeah they're all over yeah. they're all yeah. over I, and i've heard to do it and seen some stuff i won't even tell you about but yes oh no yeah yeah no just, yeah <laughs> I, la, la, la. Yeah, I yeah, I won't even we bother. Don't even, we'll talk about it. 
Um, well, I can't oh, believe they're like on college campuses. I'm like, I think they, the, they say there's a curfew for them, but I'm like that. I sh- that is not safe. A recipe for disaster. Yeah, that is college not... kids and birds and bird scooters do not go together. I'm just going to take this bird home from my bar crawl. No <laughs> way. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned farm to table fresh. Where's a good grocery store that maybe, you know, is a little bit more, you know, has some more of the healthier options, you know, or maybe caters to like the, the fit crowd a little bit more. Oh, that's a good question. There's a really hippie, healthy uh, grocery store in Broderpool called uh, Good Earth. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's that's like the co-op grocery store okay. in, yeah. in Broderpool. But um, yeah, I would say Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, Fresh Time, all the, all the basics that are like franchise. But yeah, we have access to all of those here. Um, where we live, we are... I guess people call it a food desert because we have to go at least three or four miles to get to a grocery store, which isn't that far, but it's not like we can just walk to the grocery store in the city. You know, that seems kind of far for living because we live in the city. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I always ask because we have been so many places and especially we get in kind of late and we, you know, on a race weekend, now oh like, yeah. I need this, this, and this. And, yeah. and I'm like, okay, this is the local, whatever may not cut it. So I got to find that, you know, whole yeah. foodish type of store. It's always like that. We don't have and fresh time though. No, we don't have oh, fresh time here in LA. No. no. Well, you know, fresh time is so interesting because it is more expensive, but I've price compared their vegetables and fruits to, to like Kroger, which is the, mm-hmm. they, you guys probably like Kroger in Ohio. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. like, it's, comparable price. And so, and it's a smaller store. So I feel like I can get in and out really fast. So I do all of the vegetables there and fruit, which is like a massive grocery cart, you know, and then the granola bars and pasta and everything target. But there is, if you come to Indy and run like Indy monumental or the 500, um, there is a whole foods right downtown. Oh, that's perfect for race weekend. Yeah. Speaking of, we might as well go into races. I know. Yeah. What races do you love? So, I mean, the two races in Indy that I talk about the most are definitely the 500 Festival Mini Marathon, which is every May, and it's a really cool race. It's actually the it's happening virtually this year, um, but when it happens in person, you get a run on the Indy 500 track, which is really fun. So cool! It's a flat, fast race. I mean, it's and it's fun. And, um, you know, I feel like it's one of those, it's a massive race. So I feel like a lot of people's first half marathon is at the Indy mini. Like if you live in the Indy area and then you start running a bunch of races and you get snobby, you're like, it's too crowded. It's too busy. (laughs) But then you go back to your roots and you're like, this is amazing. There's so many people. It's awesome. And it's so good for our city. Like it's so much fun. And it's like, it is so Indiana. You have like people mm. like you have like cloggers, like old ladies clogging <laughs> oh my on the, for entertainment. And then you have like all these rock bands, <laughs> lots of praise and worship bands, like lots of mm. lots of that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's just it's it's like, you know, they have all the rock and roll marathons and things like that. But I swear the indie minis entertainment on the course is better than any other marathon I've run. They, cause they really like, and it's local stuff, you know, yeah. Yeah. like random DJs out there. And, um, yeah, I, I can't say enough great things about the Indy mini. It's so fun. 
Um, and then the monumental marathon, Indy monumental, which a lot of people listening have probably ran it or PR'd on it yes. because it's also super fast. Um, that's in November every year. It's usually the same weekend as the New York city marathon. Okay. Mm. Every four years it, it's on a different weekend because of there's like some convention in Indy. So they just move it up. <laughs> Things you don't, you don't do with the New York city marathon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, those are the two races. I would say if you're going to come to Indy to visit for a race, you got to do monumental or the 500. Now with the 500, yeah. do you get like a full lap on the track? Yeah. Or, oh, wow. Ooh, okay. That's cool. fun. And it's miles like, uh, don't quote me, but it's like six through eight. So when Interesting. you, yeah, when you get off the track, you're like, okay, like you got five miles to go and you go, go through a couple torture miles, like miles, um, 10 and 11. And then you're kind of back and, and the home stretch is really nice down New York street, kind of like going, you, you go right into the city. Um, it's, it's a really cool event. That's really cool. I definitely, that is on my list. Indy Mon Monumental is on my list. I always end up looking at that when I'm looking at fall marathons. I'm like, oh, maybe I should do that one. And then I haven't done it yet. So I'm definitely gonna put that on the list. I'd be up for the 500 half. That, yeah, that would yeah, be yeah. fun. That'd I be could, fun. I could, I could May is a good time to come too. Yeah. And May in Indianapolis is like the best month ever because the races is, is that month we're, we go to the race at the at the track and everything so um it's just part of like indie culture to get into into that even though like i'm not like oh i'm a huge race car fan you know or anything like that but it's kind of just part of living here the indie 500 is just embedded in the culture oh yeah absolutely um okay where are we going to stay thank you because i was wondering about that <laughs> Well, we, there's actually a new, um, like boutique hotel on mass Ave that I was telling you about, um, called bottle works, which I think will be really cool. They just opened. So we haven't stayed there yet. So the reason I say down there though, is because the races all start down there. Mm -hmm. And unless you're staying in like an Airbnb in the city, I would, I would just stay down there. Um, okay. there's, you know, there's a JW Marriott and all, all the hotels are down there, but uh, bottle works is the boutique kind of fun hotel. We just, um, around Christmas time stayed at Ironworks for the first time. I don't know what this thing is with works in the hotel, the boutique hotels, but that's on the North side. And it's another boutique hotel. That's just like super cozy and kind of has like a rustic feel. And we did like a staycation night there and got a babysitter and that was really fun. And it was cool because, um, it has restaurants, like it was cold and snowy and there's restaurants downstairs. So you can just like go downstairs and oh, eat and yeah. then go back up. That That's sounds cool. like the perfect night away without kids. Yeah. Cause like, it's like, you don't have to go anywhere. You literally just, we walked down, um, uh, downstairs and there's a sushi restaurant called blue sushi that we went to is really good. Mm. And do you guys still have your Airbnb that you have behind your house? We do. Yeah. We've been Airbnb hosts for almost three years now. So, um, yeah, it's been really fun. And sometimes I don't want to flip the Airbnb because <laughs> we clean it and flip it ourselves and everything. And, you know, sometimes we have same day flips and stuff like that, but, um, it's, it's really cool. We have a, like a little, um, notebook. So we get to and have people write like where they came from and stuff. So it's been fun to see the different people that have come to the city. Yeah, that's cool. So I think I would, well, I, I love the idea of staying in a little boutique hotel, but 
we can just come and stay in your Airbnb. Stay in our Airbnb. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And we've, we've had runners come stay here before for sure. Um, and we live, we're like three miles north of right downtown where all those races start. So it's a really easy Uber ride. That's the cool thing I feel like about these races in Indy, even those are, those are bigger races, like parking and traffic and Indy just like, isn't bad. So you could just Uber down there and it's really no big deal. Nice. Cool. Where's your favorite running store? Is there any locals that you like to recommend if, if, I, if I forget something, need something or what have you? Yeah. I mean, I am super close with the people at athletic annex. So that's where I always refer people to go and they have two locations. They are a little bit North of downtown 86th street is, is, um, where the closest location is. So it, it's like a 20 minute car ride, but they, they are awesome. And actually, um, the owner of athletic annex is Bob Kennedy, who a lot of people know Bob Kennedy, cause he's a really well-known 5k Olympian. Um, yeah. yeah. So he's been on the podcast before as well, but, um, their whole crew of people that work there are just really awesome people. I've done, I worked for them for a little bit in the past as well. And I'm super close with them. Okay. All right. Then we're going to go there for our gear. If we forget something. Yeah. I love that. Okay. If we come to Indy, like what is something you would say, if you come here, you have to go and see this or do this. Do not leave the city without seeing this. Well, I love concerts at the white river. Like anytime we go to a concert at the white river, I'm like, this is what heaven feels like. <laughs> it's just, it's a smaller venue, but it's not too small and it's outside and it's just beautiful views and the acoustics are awesome. Um, so I would say like, if you can make it happen on a weekend where there's a band, even if it's not a band you're like obsessed with, but a decent band playing at the white river, it is the best. It's so, so fun. If you're into like, arts and stuff like that. We have the art museum. That's really nice. And then obviously the trails that, that we talked about. The other thing I was thinking about downtown when, when I was thinking about fun atmosphere and things like that, when I was talking about that concert is the Rathskeller. That's another restaurant I didn't mention earlier, but they have a really cool beer garden. And usually there's live music there too. You get what I'm saying with the live music. Yes. So if you're not a live music person, yeah, like that's like what I live and breathe. Um, so I would definitely try to go there. And a lot of times they have local, local people playing there, but it's still like such a fun, cool atmosphere. Yeah, no, I love live music. There's just something energizing and it's just like a fun with your friends or whatever, just as a date night. Yeah. And if you have kids our children's museum is really awesome. We okay. live, we live a half a mile from the children's museum. So we literally just can walk there. Um, and they have this really cool outdoor, like sports legends experience. That's cool. But the, the inside is, is a really awesome museum too. I like, I feel like we really take it for granted because we live so close and can just like pop over mm-hmm. anytime, but I'm like, no, this is actually such a cool destination spot if you're visiting. Okay. Noted. Good to know. Thank Always you. love to have stuff for the kids. Absolutely. What's your favorite season in Indy? Oh, definitely fall. Midwest Ooh. fall. You know, 
Although this is really nice to you right now because I'm so, you're always just so happy to get away from the cold. <laughs> yes. I get so jealous looking at your, your videos and stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's in a sports bra in February. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know it is nice, but I do miss the fall. I miss that beautiful, the golden leaves and the red and, and all the colors. And so I, yeah. I was I just thinking that. of another place to run. We run over in Crown Hill Cemetery sometimes. I know that sounds kind of weird, um, but it's so beautiful. And actually the highest point in the city is in that cemetery. So you can run up and go do like run up the big hill and then kind of just look out. And it's so beautiful. Um, we actually do hill repeats over there sometimes. They're so hard. <laughs> uh, but that's also really close to our house. So I, I clearly everything I'm telling you is like, clearly I'm a very like in my bubble kind of like, these that. are the places I go kind of person. <laughs> well, that, and that's why we want to hear from the locals because we could talk to somebody yeah. else and they give us a whole nother bubble and it might be a little different and that's great. That's so true. You could definitely talk to someone, especially if you talk to someone in like Carmel, because that's a suburb that mm. is just North of us. Yeah. And I think sometimes people say indie, they kind of mesh it all together, but like there would be so many restaurants and things up there that I would know nothing about because I, I just, I always say 86th street is my, is my North side boundary. And like downtown is my South side boundary. So I just never go that far North. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, this is great though. I can't wait to come. So we're going to come and run with you guys and hang out. I would love that. And we have a good running group too. Indie runners is the is the main running group here in Indianapolis. And they have really cool, awesome, engaged people in that group. That's awesome. Cool. That's awesome. Cool. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to ask. Go ahead. Go for it. You got it. So as we, we always like to ask, this is our last question. Okay. If you could run anywhere in the world, where would you pick and why? I'm so boring. I'm like, and I'm not well-traveled. It's I'm embarrassingly not well-traveled. Um, I don't know. Tell me somewhere beautiful you've been. <laughs> well, it could oh, be, man. it could be a repeat. I mean, we've had people say, you know, I really want to go back to, or, or somewhere in your mind that you conjured up. Like I would love in a perfect world to go here. Like, I don't know, somewhere in I don't know. Asia or <laughs> Africa or South America. I don't know. I could go on and on. Um, I, I think, I don't know where, but I think I would pick a beautiful mountain and I would be with my husband and maybe like three or four running friends as well. And we could kind of all do our own thing, but kind of, you know, be back and forth with each other. And, and that tells you something that is like, it to me, it's so much more about who I'm with than where I am. Yeah. Yeah. But it would be a beautiful mountain, I think, because the simplest like we went on. This is so simple and so close to our house. But like we just like went to Chattanooga a few years ago and Glenn and I got to run in the mountains by ourselves. And I'm like, that was so peaceful and wonderful. And so I don't know what mountain and I don't know where, not Chattanooga, somewhere cooler than that. You know what? Hey, Wait, you know what, Lindsay, places. as you were saying it is that, beautiful. I think you guys, you and Glenn would love 
like places out west. Yeah. I can see you guys loving like Wyoming or Montana, Colorado. It feels like it's very beautiful, but cliche, but it's okay. Yeah. People live in, <laughs> run in Colorado, but like there's some beautiful places in Wyoming that we love in Montana. Sure. Hey, know. didn't you guys just do a trip over there? We were, we Idaho. did a trip to Idaho. Yeah. Yes. And you were like camping by like waterfalls, weren't you? Yes. It was incredible. Your kid, your kids. Oh my gosh. Talk about the quintessential thing for your kids. Like in the dirt, fishing, yeah, hiking, the fishing, they couldn't like get just of. getting dirty, like in the river. Like it is so beautiful. I need details on that trip because now that our youngest, he's going to be three this summer. I know that's still young, but we have finally this past year felt like, okay, we can do that. There's something about not having to deal with a baby. Yes. Yes. You babies are annoying. Babies are annoying. (laughs) Especially on a camping trip. That is no go. We're finally, yeah. Pack and plays, like all the things. Like we're finally to the stage where like, everybody can just kind of like pass out wherever and it's fine. Yeah. You know, fine. he's still, he's still quite a bit of work and everything, but like, yeah, I, it's, I'm excited to be t- at that place. Finally, eight years later. <laughs> yes. No, it's a good place to be. And like, as they get a, even, I mean, this is a perfect age for all your kids now, but like you take them on a hike and like everyone can keep up and like, they just like explore and, you have these like meaningful conversations about where you are. And I don't know, it's, it's pretty cool. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm so excited for that. So you have to give me the details offline about where you went and all that in Idaho. I will. Cool. I will. Um, for sure. And Josh and I am taking him on a mother son trip to Montana to do a little race coming up oh, at cute. Glacier National Park. Oh my gosh. So, and I thought about, I, I was thinking when you were saying that this would be perfect for you and Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> um, this has been so awesome, Lindsay. Thank you for coming on and taking the time to chat with us. Thank you for having me. Where, where can, can everybody find, find everybody knows where, where you are, Lindsay? Tell us where we can find you. Well, I host the podcast. I'll have another with Lindsay Hine. Um, my Instagram is Lindsay Hine626. My Twitter is at Lindsay Hine. And then um, my podcast network is Sandy Boy Productions, which Emma is my assistant. She runs all that and she does an amazing job. So we would love to have you join us on any of those platforms. Sounds great. You guys go follow Lindsay. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> A huge thank you to Lindsay for coming on the show. We had so much fun chatting with you. That was such a blast. And thank you for everything that you do for the running community. We all just want to come to Indy and go for a run with you and hang out with you. So everybody, if you're not already following Lindsay, go follow her on her website, lindsayhine.com. She's on Twitter at Lindsay Hine. She has a Facebook page for All Have Another. And she's on Instagram at lindsayhine626. You can also follow her great podcasts, her running podcast, I'll Have Another, her parenting podcast, Why Is Everyone Yelling, as well as all of her other great podcasts that she produces under her Sandy Boy Productions Network. Come follow us at Sweet Run, Nat Runs Far, and on SweetRun.com. 
Thank you again to our sponsor, Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is offering 25% off its entire store for our listeners. Just visit insidetracker.com slash sweetrun. You guys, we are huge fans of Inside Tracker. They make it so easy to find out what's going on inside your body. You just go and have your blood drawn. They do a complete analysis and tell you what it is that you're missing so that you can become a better athlete and a better person. So definitely go and take advantage of this offer. Join us next week for another great conversation with an awesome runner living in a great location. We'll see you then. We will see you then.